From in-depth analysis of basketball and football to life advice, Ryan Russillo has got you covered on the Ryan Russillo podcast. Join him as he talks to some of the best names in sports while providing sharp analysis and wit you won't find elsewhere. Check out the Ryan Russillo podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The MLB season is in full swing and you can step up to the plate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, bet the live same-game parlays for every MLB game and track your game and bets live with box scores and play-by-play. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Baby, welcome into part one of the day night New York, New York doubleheader right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And I wish I was in better spirits. It's miserable here in the tri state area, and I'm pretty sick to my stomach about both of my teams. Let's start first with the team playing in the postseason, the New York Knickerbockers. And I thought the Knicks would show up in game four, I thought they'd give you a better effort in game four. And they did for a half. But the reality of this series, four games in, is very, very simple. And I think all of us need to understand this. I picked the Knicks to win this series. Right now, I could not have been more wrong. Atlanta's the more talented team. Leaps and bounds, the more talented team. That's been on display for all four of these games. It was on display when they get outscored. 35 to 22 in the third quarter. And let's be honest, that score 35 to 22 doesn't even tell the story of the way the Knicks played coming out of the locker room in the second half. They've got absolutely blitzed by Atlanta for a couple of different reasons. Number one, the New York Knickerbockers have had absolutely no answer for Trey Young. No answer. Trey Young has been able to do whatever the hell he's wanted to do in this series. Getting to the rack, hitting outside shots, finding open shooters. That's narrative one that you got to address right out of the gate. Here's the other narrative. All season, I kept waiting for the other shooter drop with the Knicks in their three-point shooting. They went on like a three-week barrage of banging threes, which I wondered... Would it have any sort of staying power in the postseason? We've gotten our answer. It's been obvious. No. It was exactly that over two or three weeks at the end of the regular season. It was a major, major mirage. 
You see that. The Knicks shooting 9 of 29 from three, and they added a couple of those threes in garbage time. Then you look at Atlanta and the way they're shooting the ball. Atlanta banged 15 threes in this ballgame. Atlanta has multiple dudes that can knock down an outside shot pretty consistently. Bogdanovic. At times, it's Gallinari. At times, it's Werder. At times, it's Collins. At times, it's Hunter. They had dudes all over the court who could shoot it. That's been obvious. The best player for Atlanta has grossly outplayed the best player for the New York Knicks. That's another narrative. Let's own that. Let's acknowledge that. Randall continues to stink in this series. Don't even look at the stat line seeing 23 and 10. Doesn't tell a story. The field goal percentage. The amazing thing is Randall goes 7 to 19, and it's like a massive upgrade over what he's done in the first three games of this series. That's alarming. That's concerning. And I know we're going to spend a whole lot of time, whenever this series ends, talking about the future of Julius Randle. And the dude has balled out this year. He's had a wonderful, wonderful season. He deserved to be the most improved player in the league. He's got a lot to be proud of. This series has not been his finest moment. I think anybody delusional enough to think that the Knicks could build a championship caliber team with Julius Randle as the number one guy just doesn't understand and doesn't get the dynamic of the league. And I would have felt this way no matter what happened in this series. You kind of got to chill on the idea of giving him a contract extension. And again, this is a topic of conversation for later on down the road. This is not necessarily a topic of conversation when you're playing in a postseason series. But I'm thinking about it. Bigger picture for the Knicks. I am not rushing this offseason to go hand him max years, max money, and say you're going to be a Nick for the next, I don't know, five, six, seven years. I'm not willing to do that. That might be, you know, the cynic in me, but that's reality. And I'm sure this series for a lot of Nick fans has been, in some ways, eye-opening. And not in a good way for Julius Randle. The other thing that has bothered me, and listen, nobody loves this head coach more than me. I love everything that he brings to the table. I love the way the team has fought. They've played with grit. They've played with toughness all year. Somebody's got to explain to me, though, why Tim Thibodeau has not gone after Trey Young defensively. He's going to be tough to slow down. No matter what the Knicks may try to do, no matter who they might try to throw on him, he's going to get his. Maybe tire him out a little bit by going at him more on the other end of the floor. I don't know how you don't draw up more offensive game plans to go at a guy who, by the way, is not a great defender. That, to me, is one of the flawed aspects, one of the many, of what you've seen here in this series. Knicks have been outplayed. They're clearly not the more talented team. And Nate McMillan, in some ways, is outcoached Tom Thibodeau. I'm not putting the blame on this series on Tom Thibodeau, but that is something that I, for one, would like to see a little more of in Game 5. Maybe you're going to see the Knicks go smaller, like they did at the end of the fourth quarter, even though it was in extended garbage time, as Marv Albert likes to say. Throwing a little love to my guy Marv as he uh, finishes up. Final year at TNT. Final year of his illustrious broadcasting career. Maybe you can find something there. Look, 
I got to keep it real, folks. I'd love to paint a sunny, positive picture down three games to one. You guys don't expect bullshit out of me. So I ain't going to BS you. I think the Knicks are cooked in this series. Can they have a moment Wednesday night at Madison Square Garden? They could have a moment on Wednesday night. I also think it's going to depend on what mentality you get out of Atlanta and what kind of start you get out of Atlanta. I know Trey Young would love nothing more than to send a Nick fan home and do it in his house, in his building. But does he get off to a good start? Did the Hawks get off to a good start? Those are questions for Wednesday night. Right now, the Knicks have been thoroughly outclassed in this series. And that's why you shouldn't put a whole lot of stock in what you see in regular season performance. The Knicks and the Hawks, drastically different teams than what we saw back in those earlier matchups. Especially Atlanta, who got hot under Nate McMillan, played great basketball under Nate McMillan, and just have way too many answers. Another thing I'd suggest to Tom Thibodeau, I'd put Derrick Rose back on the bench. I get what he was trying to do in starting him. I do. And it worked out in game three, got off to a great start. Worked out in game four, got off to a great start. You have nobody on the bench giving you offense from that guard spot. Burks, after game one, been nice. Quickly has been a non-factor in this series after game one. Bullock, aside from his second half in game two, even though he's starting, he hasn't given you much. So, you almost need Rose to come in and kind of stabilize things in the second quarter. I don't know what you do as far as starting. Peyton, do you run Frank Milkina out there just to try a tire Trey Young out for a couple minutes? Maybe that's worth trying. Listen, anything at this point is worth trying from a Nick perspective. Because they don't have a whole lot of answers. I'm exasperated. I'm exhausted talking about it. Atlanta is flat out better. Sometimes you just got to own it. You got to accept it. We could talk about little critiques like going after Trey on defense. Some of you are going to mention the idea of playing Obi Toppin a little bit more, who has been effective in this series. It's amazing. His like three best games of the year have probably been in this series. Talent wins an NBA playoff series. And I think the mistake I made in handicapping this series kind of undervalued the talent of the Atlanta Hawks. And that's on me. Sometimes you got to take the L. Sometimes you got to own it. I'm going to own it right now. The Hawks do better. They're flat out better. Sometimes truth hurts. It's not fun for me to come on the air and say this, folks, but we ain't going to BS you here. I'm not going to be in great spirits today. I got to be honest with you. Not going to be in great spirits. Between the weather the Knicks, and just wait till we get to the Yankees. I mean, talk about icing on the cake. Talk about the cherry on this shit Sunday. That's exactly what the Yankees have been. So yeah, I'm going to be in a wonderful mood. Wonderful mood. Coming up next, Nick reaction. I'm sure it's going to be pleasant. I'm looking forward to this. That's up next. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. 
113-96. Knicks now face elimination on Wednesday night. And for the sake of pride, for the sake of New York City, let Atlanta go win that series at home. I'm resigned to the fact that they're winning the series. I'm resigned to the fact that they're a better team. I don't want to see Trey Young strutting, pounding his chest, wearing that shit-eating grin on his face. Let him do that in game six. Okay? Friday night. I'll live with it on a Friday night. I'll accept it. Wednesday night, please. Don't let that be the case. Let's hear some Nick reaction right out of gate. Who's on the horn? Hey, JJ. Michael in Westport. They're down 25 points. I'm not watching anymore. And my question for you is, is there a way that they could just cancel game six or game five? You know, why, why even bother playing anymore? This team is, is, has, has embarrassed New York at this point. You know what it shows? It shows that the regular season is totally bogus, that everyone's just kind of floating through the season, all the players, all the teams. You know, they don't care about seeding position, and then when it gets serious, you see who can play. And this, this Hawks team is so much better than the Knicks, it's not even funny. And I'll tell you another thing, what are they going to do with Randall? Is, is Randall worth a max contract at this point? I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather give Derrick Rose a max, max contract. Anyway, you know, a sad state of affairs for the Knicks and, uh, you know, a, a sad state of affairs for New York basketball. And that's all. Thanks. Bye. There's a lot to chew on there. I can't say that I'm embarrassed with this team when they finished 10 games over the 500 mark. When they haven't been in the playoffs in eight years. This is just a harsh reality of going up against a team that's a lot more talented than you. And is doing a better job flat out executing. I think you hit on something, though, that's a fair and reasonable point. The fact that the Knickerbockers were able to go from a laughing stock to 40 wins. You do have to examine how much of that was a product of this weird year in the NBA. Do I think there's some of that that's in play? I do. I do. I'm not going to take that away from your argument. The Knicks competed their tails off every single game. Can I say that about every single team in the NBA this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I think that sort of toughness and that sort of intangible will help you. And I think it will help you establish, build, and grow a culture. But I think you're seeing the Knicks talent-wise are not one of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference. And if you think that's the case, you're just not a good evaluator of talent. That's really what it boils down to. You know, it makes it even more remarkable that the Knicks won 41 games. Yeah, product of the NBA being the way that it is, but it's also a product of the regular season grind and coaching that Tom Thibodeau put to the table. As far as Randall, look, Randall had an all-world regular season. He's got a lot to be proud of. A lot to be proud of. This series, he has not shown up. The Knicks needed him to be at his very best. He has not been at his very best. He is panicked. He has not found the open man. He has four shots. It's amazing. He goes 7-19 and a significant improvement for what he's done over the first three games. I am letting him play out his contract next year. I'm letting him play out his contract. You know he's not a number one on a championship team. Let him play out the contract and see where next year takes you. Who's up next? JJ, it's Henry from Manhattan. I'm at a bar right now, all Knicks fans. This is embarrassing. 
Everyone's sitting here freaking out. We're going to come out and drop a dud, not even lose close. We're the best first-half team in the league, and we can't even do anything in the first half. How the hell do we do this, and how the hell do we cover from this? Miss you, man. First time, long time. Be good. Love the show. Harry, love you, buddy. You're not recovering in this series. Because your team, my team, our team is not good enough. They're not good enough. They squeezed every last ounce of talent out of this team in the regular season. The postseason, you need dudes in order to win. You need shooting in order to win. Atlanta has the best player on the court, is a better shooting team, and they're doing a better job of executing. Case closed. Sometimes it's not rocket science, folks. I like to think that it is, but it's not. This is a simple equation. This is even an equation that I would have been able to figure out my uh, statistics classes at Syracuse. Best player on the floor, better shooting team, and they're playing a lot better. Shouldn't surprise you that they're up three games to one. Who's up next? This is Josh in the Bronx. Are you kidding me? Trey Young, you know, if Atlanta wins game four, you know, this guy, when he comes back to Madison Square Garden in game five, you know, and Atlanta wins game five, oh, man, he's going to, what a villain. He'll top Reggie Miller from the Pacers. Unbelievable, JJ. What do you think about all this? Later, Josh in the Bronx. Bye. Always great hearing from my pal Josh in the Bronx. Now, Josh, I think it's a little extreme. To compare what Trey Young has done in this series to Reggie Miller, like we got a long way to go there. Long way to go there. Reggie Miller played the Knicks multiple times in the postseason. Had iconic moments against the Knicks in the postseason. This is a five or six game series for Trey Young. Maybe it's the start of something. I can tell you this though. If he goes off in game five, the Hawks win, he's going to be demonstrative. He's going to give it to you. And you know what? That's the way it goes. You give it to him, he gives it to you. It's a two-way street. And I'm okay with that. I don't have to like it. I don't have to you know, necessarily like him, but that's part for the course. Who's on the horn next? JJ, my man. What's up, dude? It's your boy, Hector Washington Heights. JJ, what the fuck are we watching here with these Knicks? What happened to the Knicks that we fell in love with in the regular season, JJ? What happened to Randall? And more importantly, what happened to Thibs? What happened to the what we thought was the coach of the year? No adjustments. The only adjustment he's made was a horrible one. I think Peyton should be back in the starting lineup, JJ. What do you think about that? I thought there was no reason to take him out. We've been winning with him there all season. Why fucking change it up? I thought it was overreaction by the fans and overreaction by Thibs, and it hasn't helped at all. If anything, we've played worse since he made that move, and the bench hasn't had enough firepower. What do you think, JJ? Can we get fucking come back and win this series? I don't see it. I really don't. Fucking terrible. That's my dude, the legend, Hector in Washington Heights. One of my all-time favorites from the old gig. Hector, I love giving you good news, dude. You calling me is good news. Unfortunately, I cannot with the Knicks. There's no good news here. Why? They're playing a team that's flat out better. Yes, we fell in love with a team that busted their ass all year. That did more with the less all year. That squeezed every last ounce of talent out of them. 
Sadly, in this particular series, that beautiful brand of basketball you saw in the regular season has been stifled. Got to be able to shoot the basketball, folks. With the rules in the NBA being the way that they are, you've got to be able to capitalize from beyond the three-point arc. And the Knicks cannot. They're not a good shooting team. Simple. Very, very simple. Maybe there's a moment. Maybe. In game five. Maybe they can make the Hawks sweat a little bit in game six. But if you honestly think they're winning three straight games in this series, I think you're just drinking a little bit too much orange and blue Kool-Aid. Knicks, to me, are dead and dead. That's the way I see it. Dead and dead. Final voicemail. Last but not least, after hearing from our guy, the great Hector in Washington Heights, who's on the horn. What's up, man? It's uh, Jack from Westchester. First of all, how you doing? How you handling this? This has been bad. This has been a bad weekend. Between the Knicks and the Yankees, bad, bad, bad times. Um, questions, I have two of them. Feels like it's time to look forward because the series is over, like we're not winning it. So that said, does how awful Julius Randle's play is or has been in the last couple of games, um, does it have any impact on his offseason stuff with the Knicks? Uh, if I were him, I feel like I'd want some guaranteed money. I feel like I wouldn't want to hold out and see if someone offers me over $200 million after this. I don't know if next season's going to be better for him than this season. Curious about your thoughts. And then also, I'm wondering if this series, these past couple games, have really exposed to future free agents like how far off the Knicks are from actually being legitimately good. So, like, is it going to scare off Kawhi or CP3 or even second-tier guys um, like Lowry or Conley or Lonzo? I think Lonzo's restricted, but, um, yeah, man. would love to hear your thoughts. Stay strong. Let's go next. Bye. All right, a couple of things to get there. Number one, I'm not doing great. I'm not doing great for a variety of different reasons. The Knicks, the Yankees, the weather. I mean, combine it into this uh, shit show equation, and that's your end result. Not doing great. I think your point on Randall's fair. Yes, this series has given me hesitation on the idea of giving him a max contract, and I think they would be insane to give him that max contract when he has a year left on his deal. I am letting Julius Randall play out the final year of his contract. That is how the Knicks should approach this. Your final point, this is where we might beg to differ. I do not see, personally, any downside to what has happened in this postseason series when it comes to free agents and where they view and where they see the New York Knicks. The Knicks went 10 games over 500. They overachieved. They're starting to build a winning culture. That's what free agents want to see. Talent wins in the NBA postseason. Remember that. You can play hard. You can play tough. Balls to the wall defense, that'll win you games in a regular season. Talent is going to push it through this time of the year. And the Knicks don't have enough of it. We'll go from one disaster to another. What a weekend for the Yankees. Oh, baby, what a weekend for the Yankees. To think. Thursday's pot, I said, yeah, minimum two out of three. Should get a sweep. Little did I know. The sweep would go the other way around. What's up next? This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. 
Cold Slurpee drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small Slurpee drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. So let's go from one disaster to another. What a pathetic, disgraceful, embarrassing display of baseball from the New York Yankees. The Yankees are taking on one of the worst teams in all baseball in the Tigers. They go 2-25 with runners in scoring position. They get whooped on Saturday. They get whooped on Sunday. And they get swept in this series. That's bad. Here's the more alarming, concerning, baffling statistic. Two months into this year. The Yankees offensively are an embarrassment. The numbers back that up. The Yankees have scored three or fewer runs in 29 games this year. The big, bad Yankee offense, three or fewer runs in 29 games this year. The only team in all baseball to do that more than the New York Yankees, the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh freaking Pirates! You look up and down this Yankee lineup. It is pathetic. The at-bat quality up and down the lineup is embarrassing. And the Yankees went through a stretch of games where they were 17-5. and Played really, really well. Got themselves back in the division race. Righted the ship. Blah, blah, blah. Here's one narrative, though, that was not getting talked about enough. And I hate to say we were ahead of the curve here on New York, New York. Because I kept bringing it up, the fact that the Yankees weren't scoring runs. They were winning a bunch of games because their pitching was outstanding. Cole was outstanding. Montgomery and Herman were outstanding. Kluber's throwing no-hitters. Well, now Kluber's on his shelf. You're either going to have Davey Garcia or Michael King in the rotation. That's a blow. Yankees can survive that, though. They can't survive this on offense. And we're at the point of the year now where it's not early. I don't want to hear that old, tired, lazy narrative. It's not early anymore for the Yankees, folks. It's Memorial Day weekend. They can't hit a lick. Do you want me to run through some of these numbers? You want me to do it? I'll do it. Let's have a little fun. Let's play a little guessing game with some of these batting averages. You want to laugh? Sanchez, 202. Andujar, 226. Frazier, 182. Gets worse than that, though. Listen to these LPSs. LeMayu, who I love. He's my dude. LeMayu has an OPS under 700. Glaver Torres has an OPS under 700. They need some drastic changes in the lineup. I'm going to give you a couple. 
off the top of my head. Because listen, you can't change everything right now. Whenever Florio is able to come up from the minor leagues, I'd call him up. I don't want to hear the narrative that he's not ready in AAA. To hell with that. It sure beats the corpse of Brett Gardner, and it sure beats Tyler Wade. I'd give Florio everyday burn for a month. Can't be any worse. Can't be any worse. They have a AAA prospect down in the minor leagues who is raking as a first baseman. The second move I would make, I'd call him up. Because maybe he will give you some pop and some punch offensively. They're playing a lousy brand of baseball. They're making outs on the bases. How about Sanchez in the eighth inning? I mean, how low is your baseball IQ going to be? You're down four runs. You mean jack shit. How in the world do you get thrown out at second base? You mean nothing. That is inexcusable. Glaber, whose defense has been a lot better. Glaber, now all of a sudden, can't field again. So you're making outs on the bases. You're making mistakes in the field. You can't score runs. And you get punked and embarrassed by a team that is god-awful. Not exactly what you want going into one of your biggest weeks of the year Tampa for four, Boston for three. First time they've seen the Red Sox this year. Not what you want going into this particular week. I don't trust the Yankee offense. Do you? Ask yourself that honest question. Why should I have confidence and why should I have belief that the Yankee bats are going to come alive? Why? They need some change. And I think they need change before the July 31st trade deadline. I've been screaming about a lefty bat. And you know what? The Yankees and their arrogance, they try to tell me, oh, it doesn't matter. It's no big deal. Please. They desperately need an infusion of offensive talent. And you know, I go back to the offseason. That was the perfect time to trade Luke Voigt, who is now back on the shelf on the injured list. That was the perfect time to trade him. His value was never going to be higher than last year. And I get the idea of not wanting to have a player who is worse than he is. But it was the perfect time to try to Changed the dynamic of the lineup. They dropped the ball on that. I mean, they did more than that this weekend. They embarrassed themselves this weekend. And this lineup, make no mistake, serious, serious, serious problems. Coming up next, and I'm sure this is going to be quite a sight to behold. I'm sure you Yankee fans are going to be in a wonderful mood and wonderful spirits. And if you're a Nick Yankee fan, then you're like me. It's a thousand times worse. Your reaction to those, I was going to say bombers, but they're not exactly doing a whole lot of Bronx bombing these days. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. 
To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. So before we get to some voicemails, I'm just seeing this quote from the wonderful manager. This is just a bad ending to a terrible weekend. We've got to get better. Can Aaron Boone once say, hey, we suck. We're not good enough. Enough with this like Mr. Nice Guy positivity act. I'm sorry. I can't take it. I can't take it. Because you know what? Enough of the nicey nice. Enough. The lineup stinks. And I know yelling and screaming and throwing a table doesn't necessarily solve everything. But you as a manager are a liaison to your fans. Your fans don't want to hear the nicey-nice act. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. The Yankee fan does not want to hear it. Don't tell me it's just a bad ending to a terrible week. How about it was an embarrassing week? How about that? How about the fact that we haven't hit in two months? That's what I'd be saying if I were a manager. Something's got to give. Something's got to change. Ugly. Very, very ugly. All right, let's hear some reaction. Who's up? Hey, JJ, Eric from Plainville, Connecticut. Calling you Sunday afternoon. Looking like the Yankees are about to get swept by this terrible Tigers team. And uh, I think I can speak for all Yankees fans, but we're back to being frustrated. It's been uh, They had a couple good weeks at the start of May, but it's not been good. Seems like the past couple of years they have this this philosophy where they'll punt on games as they get in a minor hole. They'll be down three nothing. They'll bring in a terrible reliever and just completely punt on games. And I think that's a major problem starting from the top down. And uh, I just want to know your thoughts on that. I don't know what needs to be done. If there needs to be a manager change, or if if cash has got to be on the hot seat. I'm not sure, JJ, but. It's been a past, it's been, you know, a tough couple of years to watch this team and just wanted to hear your thoughts. Thanks a lot. Love the pod. I think you bring up an excellent point about the idea of punting games Saturday and Sunday. And even on Friday, they had Justin Wilson closing out the game. They treated Saturday and Sunday like these games were exhibition games. They're not. Not where the Yankees are at in the standings in the American League and the standings in the division. You can't be treating these games like it's mid-March. Like it's down in Tampa in the Grapefruit League. No sense of urgency. Didn't see it last year. Not seen it this year. Zero sense of urgency. Who's up next? What's up, John? It's Lucas from Stanford. It's the, I think the fourth inning just ended the Yankee game. They're down 6 nothing. I don't care. This game is over. I can't believe that we'll be about to be swept by the pathetic Detroit Tigers. This has been one of the worst series that I've ever witnessed in my life as a Yankee fan. I am 27 years old, and the combination of pathetic pitching and some of the worst, probably the single worst offensive series that I can ever remember. I mean, one run with Garrett Cole starting just cannot happen. You have to score one for Garrett Cole. When Garrett Cole starts, you have to win the game. The Yankees' record in Garrett Cole starts should be, like, undefeated. They're not even close. It's pathetic. The performance on Saturday, absolutely disgraceful. Six to one. I mean, that can't happen. And then the lifeless, unable to step up to the moment on Sunday, is just absolutely pathetic. This team, man, they, the ebbs and flows, you go from the six-game winning streak to, to getting swept by the Tigers. I don't know what to make of it. I am fed up. This team is an absolute disgrace, and any excitement I had about this team is now gone. I mean, it, granted, there's still so much season left, but, man, what an absolute pathetic embarrassment by Aaron Boone, who just sits in the dugout like a lifeless log the whole game. I can't stand it. I, I don't know what to say. Just an absolutely baffling. I feel the frustration, dude. I feel the frustration. This has not been an enjoyable regular season two months in. And 
I know a lot of that is the end result of having a lot of expectations the last few years, thinking that your team is getting closer and getting closer. But it seems like the Yankees are moving further and further away from a championship. That's kind of the sense I get. I don't look at this team and say, wow, they're getting closer to a championship. Maybe that changes. Maybe it's just a stretch of bad offensive baseball. But it's been bad offensive baseball for two months. That's the problem. This is not a Yankee lineup that's been raking all year and had a bad week. They've been bad for two months. Anybody who's trying to tell you otherwise is clearly not paying attention. Big week for the Yankees. Going to learn a lot about the Yankees, I think, this week. Tampa for four, Red Sox for three. Better show up and play well. Who's up next? JJ Charling for Woodside. What a shitty, dump-ass day in New York sports. I mean, Knicks. And my goodness, JJ, I am pissed off at this Yankee clowns. What a clown show. Getting swept by the worst bum-ass team in baseball. Embarrassment. Couple damning stats. Six and five against uh, with Garrett Cole on the mound. The team is just awful. 51 grounded in the double plays. Major League worse. Oh, my goodness. And 26 outs on the bases. Most in baseball. Just no fundamental. Gary Sanchez. Oh, my goodness. What the hell is he doing? And this is the most damning stat, J.J. 0-14 now, the Yankees are, when they give up five-plus runs. And this is the only team. The Yankees are the only team. Has, has only team in baseball has not won a game when they give up five plus runs. Only team. What an embarrassment, JJ. This, I mean, I don't know what the hell this team is doing. Looking ahead against four games against Tampa Bay and three games against the Boston Red Sox. This team is it's Memorial Day. The offense is an absolute joke. One for twenty-five in the series. JJ, what a fucking shitty. Weekend for the Yankees. What the hell? What the hell? I can't believe it. I mean, oh my goodness. Thank goodness I got Avengers Endgame to watch. But other than that, New York sports, Knicks, Yankees, what a shitty ass day. Later, JJ. Keep up with the good pod. You're awesome, John. Thanks, JJ. I love Charlie letting off some steam and giving us some straight stone cold facts. The Yankees lead Major League Baseball. And outs on the base paths this year. That is a reflection of their manager. That's basic fundamentals. They haven't had it all year. They're at bats all weekend. They're at bats with runners in scoring position. Pathetic. And I'm glad our last two calls have brought up the Yankee win-loss record with Garrett Cole on the mound. I can't say that you expect to be undefeated in Garrett Cole's starts. You can't be a game over 500. He's too damn good. He has been too damn good. Game over 500 and cold starts? Unacceptable. This entire weekend. Holy moly. Tough watch. Tough sell. For those buying the idea that the Yankees are the team to beat in the American League. They don't score runs. Two months into the year, they don't score. So unless something... Drastic happens, changes happen with the guys that are here, or some new infusion is brought in. How's that changing? You tell me. Two to go. Who's up next? Hey, John. It's Winston in Yorkville. I have a quick question for you. 
do you want to book the flight for Brian Cashman onto Alfred Payton Island? Because he needs to get the fuck out of New York right now. The Yankees suck. Cashman sucks. I don't want to see that guy unless it's Christmas and he's rappelling down a freaking tower. Yeah, I can't put Brian Cashman in the Alfred Payton category. He's done too much good for the Yankee organization. Recently, and Cashman's got to take a lot of heat for the lineup he has constructed, the Stanton trade. And I know Stanton has been productive this year. Even when he's been on tears, he misses time. He's locked in as a DH. He's killed a lot of their roster flexibility. That's been a major problem for the Yankees. Major, major problem. You can't tell me otherwise. If the Yankees could do it over again, going back to 2018, they do not bring John Carlos Stanton to this team. They don't. They have built a flawed roster. They have some pieces that are very good. Cole, Judge, Urshela. You got to give a guy like Cashman credit for Urshela. You got to give him credit for the fact that he took a team that was old, decrepit, rebuilding, and got him into championship contention. Since 2017, though, they have not ascended upward. They've kind of either spun their wheels or have worked the other way. That's alarming. That's concerning. And right now, I can't believe I'm saying this. Two months into the year, hands down, the biggest question for Brian Cashman and the Yankees, how do you get this offense going? I don't want to hear about baseball and offense being down. It's one thing if offense is down in the sport. You're at the bottom of the sport in a lot of these statistics. Go figure on that one. Last but not least, who's up? Hi, JJ. This is Andy from Michigan. And I am so sick to my stomach after this sweep from Detroit that we really need to do something about this team. And uh, one thing we need to do is hire Theo Epstein. I'm done with Cashman. I'm done with Boone. It is time to clean house. I am tired of it. This team needs to be uh, upended and be uh, thrown away because it's done. They're done. I mean, uh, how does the championship lose three games to the lowly Tigers? It's time to clean house, J.J. Theo Epstein, give him a blank check. Let's go. I can't go down that road until I see the way the rest of the season is going to play out. But I think you're going to hear that a lot more from Yankee fans if the team continues to trend in the wrong direction. Now, I have no idea what Theo's plans are. He was on with Bill a couple weeks ago. I thought it was very insightful. I think Theo would be a great commissioner if that's something he wants to do. He's already a Hall of Fame GM. He ended the Red Sox title drought. He ended the Cubby title drought. He's a Hall of Famer, Stone Cold. It ended poorly in Chicago. That team, I thought, was poised to win multiple championships. Didn't happen. Nobody there cares because they ended a 100-plus year title drought. Remember this with the Yankees, though. It's not Chicago. It's not Boston. It's not even a Mets in 86 in their title drought. Yankees have not won a title since 2009. And this core, this group, clock's ticking. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. It's five years in. They haven't been to a World Series. I've said it all damn year, and I will continue to pound the drum and bang this narrative across your heads. They don't get to a World Series this year. All options to me are on the table. Everything is on the table. Two months in a year, they can't score. They can't hit a lick. This is as big a week as the Yankees have had in the regular season all year. 
Four against Tampa. Three against Boston. They haven't looked as good as those two teams. Can the Yankees go and give you a winning week at home? They need to. And if they're going to have a winning week and they're going to play much better baseball, something's got to give on offense. Something's got to give. That was tough to watch all weekend. Really, really tough to watch. The team in general for two months, aside from Cole, anybody who could say this has been an enjoyable two months of Yankee baseball is kidding themselves. You're absolutely delusional if you think that's the case. Fun first half of the pod. Let off a lot of steam here. You need to. Lousy day. Your teams are a nightmare. That's what we do around here. We're back with our nightcap after Nets Celtics. We'll have some fun surprises in store. We got more voicemails coming your way. Download, subscribe. New York, New York, of course, presented by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. And if you're ever wondering how to get in touch with the show, 917-382-1151. That's how we roll. Nightcap coming up later tonight. JJ out. Be good, everybody. Thank you.